chapter twelve of molly's prince this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. molly's prince by rosa nuchette carey chapter twelve the pansy room and cosy nook there is rosemary that is for remembrance and there is pansies that's for thoughts shakespeare that way madness lies let me shun that king lear it was impossible for waveney not to be amused by nurse mark's quaint tales her sense of humour was too strong and the atmosphere of the cubby-house was so full of comfort that in spite of herself her sad face began to brighten if you knew sergeant mcgill she said presently perhaps you knew his sweetheart sheila too then nurse mark smiled and nodded as she cut another appetizing slice of bread and butter and laid it on waveney's plate such sweet homemade bread and fresh creamy butter ay dearie i knew sheila mctavish well for when i was a slip of a girl i had a bad illness and my mother's cousin effie stewart took me back with her to the highlands to bide with her for more than a year the mctavish cottage was next to ours and not a day passed that i did not see sheila coming up from the lockside with her creel with her bare feet and red petticoat and maybe a plaid over her bonny brown hair i was always a homely body even in my young days but never before or since have i seen a lovelier face than sheila mctavish the flower of the d side that was what they called her was she engaged to mcgill then ay my dearie she had broken the sixpence with him but he was away in india then i remember one day as i sat on the churchyard wall sheila came over the moor and she had a sprig of white heather in her hand she held it up to me with a smile it is good luck kezia she said and her eyes seemed full of brown sunshine and this morning i have heard from fergus mcgill himself and it is he who is the good lad with his letters he is coming home he says and then we are to be wed and it is the white heather that will bring us luck ah dearie before three weeks were over sheila our sweet flower of the d side lay in her coffin and they put the white heather on her dead breast and when fergus mcgill came home there was only the grave under the rowan tree there there it is a queer world finished nurse marks and there is many a love story left unfinished for man and woman too is born into trouble and i know that the women get the worst of it sometimes for it stands to reason continued the old woman garrulously that they think a deal more of a love tale now as we have finished tea shall i take you to your room my dearie it is called the pansy room and is close to mine miss althea is a grand one for giving names all the bedrooms are called after flowers to match the paper and cretonne there is the rose room and the forget-me-not and the pink room and the leafy room and the marigold room where they put gentlemen which is miss althea's asked waveney quickly 
oh the rose-room miss althea has a passion for roses miss doreen sleeps in the forget-me-not room everything is blue there the other rooms are for their guests but near the servants quarters there are two pretty little attics called faith and charity where they put shop-girls who have broken down and need a rest and these are never empty all the year round there is a little sitting-room attached where they take their meals there they are crossing the tennis lawn this moment from the porch-house the tall one is laura cairns she has had an operation and has only just left the hospital and the little fat one is ellen sturt there is not much the matter with her except hard work and too much standing oh how good they are thought waveney as nurse marks bundled down the passage before her every one seems to have something to say in their praise even the cab-driver and then she looked round the pansy-room well pleased it was so fresh and dainty and pretty and after her room at cleveland terrace so luxuriously comfortable for there was actually a cosy-looking couch and an easy-chair and beautiful flowers on the toilet-table and some hanging bookshelves full of interesting books the window looked over the tennis-lawn with the porch-house where the girls were pacing arm in arm one of them looked up at the window and smiled a little as waveney gazed down at her nurse marks who was already beginning to unpack went on talking briskly it was miss althea's thought but miss doreen helped her to carry it out it is always like that with my ladies they are just the two halves of a pair of scissors but they work together finely what one says the other does it is like the precious ointment that's what it is miss ward my dear and never a misunderstanding or a contrary word between them the girls come for a month and sometimes they stay longer and if they are well enough they wait on themselves or if not reynolds the under housemaid sees to them and when the weather permits they are in the garden or on the common the whole day long and they have the run of the porch house too and help themselves to books from the library they are no trouble and fall in with our ways and the blessing the red house is to some of those poor things is past my telling now dearie shall i hang these things in the wardrobe for you there is plenty of room and to spare and then i will go back and finish a bit of mending for miss althea waveney was not sorry to be left alone she wanted to begin a letter to molly she had so much already to tell her so she sat down at the writing-table and her pen flew over the paper until a quick light tap at her door roused her and miss althea entered waveney gave a vivid description of her to molly afterwards she looked so grand and stately that i felt quite shy but her dress was charming it was a soft cloudy grey but it shimmered as though it were streaked with silver and she had a close little bonnet that looked like silver too and a ruff of fine cobwebby lace round her long neck i fancy she always wears a ruff and she looked more like queen best than ever somehow she is oddly picturesque and makes other people look commonplace beside her but there you must see her one day for yourself 
althea came up to the writing-table as waveney rose a little confused and held out her hand to the girl with one of her winning smiles i was so sorry to be out when you arrived she said kindly but my aunt mrs mainwaring sent for me most unexpectedly i hope nurse marks took good care of you oh yes returned waveney shyly she was very kind oh my dear old nurse is the kindest creature in the world she literally bubbles over with benevolence is not the cubby house delightful did you see the toy cupboard where all our dear old dolls and toys are stored marks won't part with one of them she is quite huffy if we propose to give them away when children come to the house she lets them play with them under her own eye one day she came into the library with a long face to tell me that little audrey neal had broken bo-peep's arm and althea laughed quite merrily then she looked at the clock on the mantelpiece and uttered an exclamation half-past seven and i am not dressed what will peachy say i will come back and fetch you directly the gong sounds and then waveney was left to finish her letter she did not see miss doreen until they entered the dining-room and then she welcomed her very cordially to waveney the dinner-table was a revelation she had never taken a meal out of her own home and the soft shaded lights the hot-house fruits and flowers the handsome silver and the fineness of the damask excited her wonderment the servant moved so noiselessly over the thick carpets and then she thought of anne stumping round the table in her heavy boots ah they would be just sitting down to supper and molly would be mixing the salad as usual for everard ward had learnt to enjoy a salad in his paris days and would sup contentedly on bread and cheese or even bread and butter if only he could have a handful of cress or a stalk or two of endive to give it a relish doreen and althea were quite aware that the forlorn little stranger was not at her ease the small childish face looked subdued and thoughtful and the dark spirituelle eyes were sad in their wistfulness but with their usual tact and kindness they left her alone and talked to each other in their cheerful way althea gave a description of her afternoon party which was full of gentle humour and doreen had a great deal to say about the home she had had tea with old mrs wheeler and as usual the poor old soul was full of her grievances against miss mason she is a cantankerous east windy sort of body went on doreen with a laugh as she helped herself to some grapes and she leads poor miss mason a life but there one must not judge her she has led a hard grinding sort of existence althea these grapes are unusually fine don't you think laura cairns would enjoy some ellen likes pears better and then doreen heaped up a plate with fine fruit and bade mitchell take it to the brown parlour when the sisters rose from the table althea touched waveney's arm come with me to the library she said in a kind voice we shall sit there this evening we do not often use the drawing-room it is a very big room and we always feel rather lost in it 
i call this big too remarked waveney in rather an awed voice she had never seen such a beautiful room in her life it was better than any of the dream rooms at kitlands the grand oriel window with its cushioned seat the carved oak furniture and bookcases filled with handsomely bound books the fine engravings on the walls all excited her admiration but when althea drew back a curtain and showed her a tiny room hidden away behind it with a glass door opening on the terrace she could not refrain from an exclamation of delight oh what a dear little room she said quite naturally yes i call it my cosy nook but it is not really a room it is merely a recess and waveney thought how well miss althea's name suited it there was a small writing-table prettily fitted up an easy chair and a work-table i am so glad you have taken a fancy to it went on miss althea and she looked very much pleased because this is to be your little sanctum you see it would never do for me to have my reader and companion far away from me and yet i imagine we should both find it irksome to be always together even my sister and i could not stand that but you see when the curtain is dropped you will be quite private and it is really for me and waveney's eyes sparkled with pleasure then miss althea smiled and put her hand kindly on the girl's arm i want you to be happy with us my dear and not to look upon us as strangers because in the old days your father was a dear friend of ours last night an idea struck me do you think you would feel more at home with us if we were to call you by your christian name you have such a pretty name and it is so uncommon oh please do returned waveney flushing with shy pleasure it was silly of me but i was so dreading that miss ward and somehow a load seemed lifted off her at that moment she is such a little childish thing observed miss althea afterwards and yet she has plenty of character we are very unconventional people doreen you and i but i never could endure these artificial barriers my dignity such as it is is innate it does not need bolstering up i could not be stiff and proper with everard ward's daughter and then a strangely sad look came into althea's eyes as though some ghost from the past had crossed her path no certainly not to everard ward's daughter and doreen smiled as though she understood her doreen's world was inhabited by warm-blooded human beings no ghostly visitants ever haunted her i am a woman without a story she would say most people have some sort of romance in their lives even unmarried women have their unfinished idols but my life has been bare prose but she always laughed when she made these speeches for there was nothing morbid in doreen's character althea proposed as the evening was mild and balmy that they should take a turn in the garden it will be very pleasant on the terrace and in the kitchen garden she remarked but of course we must avoid the grass are not these shut-in lawns pretty through that arch if it were light enough you would have a glimpse of my flower-garden 
i call it mine because i give it my special supervision doreen takes more interest in the kitchen garden and when i boast of my roses and begonias she is dilating on the excellence of her strawberries and tomatoes i think i should care most for the flower garden observed waveney and then of her own accord she began telling miss althea about the pensioners little gardens and the corporal's flowers althea listened with much interest and then little by little her quiet questions and sympathetic manner induced waveney to break through her shy reserve and speak of her home althea soon found out all she wanted to know the home that was so perfect in waveney's eyes the little warm nest that held all her dear ones seemed meagre and bare to the elder woman who had been used to luxury all her life and had never had a want ungratified as the girl talked on in a naive way all at once a vision rose before althea's eyes of a brilliantly lighted ballroom and of a fair boyish-looking man with stephanotis in his buttonhole standing before her with eager looks it is our valse althea and i have been looking forward to it all the evening and then and then but she started from her reverie with a quick feeling of shame why had these thoughts come to her he was dorothy's lover not hers had he ever cared for her really it was all a mistake it was not he who was to blame it was i i and even in the september darkness she smote her hands angrily together the love had been in her imagination it had never existed never she had bartered her warm woman's heart for a shadow and alas alas it was not in althea's nature to change if i love once i love for ever she had once said in a bitter moment to doreen how she repented that speech afterwards no you do not understand neither do i but i think it is my nature to be faithful when althea roused from her brooding she found that waveney had become silent you were speaking of your sister were you not she said gently some one told me she continued a little vaguely that she was very pretty oh yes returned waveney eagerly every one thinks molly quite lovely it is such a pity she is lame it spoils things so much for her poor darling but people admire her just the same in the street they turn round and stare at her but molly never seems to notice them a bit that reminds me of such a funny speech and here waveney began to laugh an old irishwoman who works for us sometimes once said to her it is my belief miss molly darlint that the powers above were after fashioning an angel and then they thought better of it and changed it into a flesh-and-blood woman for the angel still laughs out of your eyes ma vornin and would you believe it miss harford that molly only burst out laughing when biddy said that but i think it was beautiful i must see your pretty molly returned althea thoughtfully but we must go in now i think i must tell moritz that she said to herself with a smile the angel still laughs out of your eyes ma vornin how very like an irish woman 
End of chapter 12